G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Have you ever noticed that when you see God in His power and His glory, you see your problems in a different way? Maybe you come into church burdened with things you're concerned about, and you go out with those same problems, but your perspective changes. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says, too often we wallow in our feelings of helplessness when the reassurance of God is just a prayer away. Maybe you'll need to see God for who He is, so just think of the awesomeness of God, the power of God. This is the day when the lost are found. characteristics include things like passion, power, generosity, and grace. Our characteristics are often just the opposite. We're needy, powerless, self-centered, and sinful. It's easy to see how we need God, but how can we bring all that He is to the mess that we have? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out it's through the pathway of prayer. It's part of an important series on the basis called Essentials. If you want to know what it takes to be a strong Christian, you must have a prayer life. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 6 and Luke chapter 11. Both of those chapters. Ephesians 6, Luke chapter 11. Now what is prayer? Prayer is communicating with and listening to God. Prayer is communicating with and listening to God. Ephesians 6, 18 tells us that there are different kinds of prayer. And that's why I had you turn there. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There's different kinds of prayer. (laughs) You can pray publicly. You can pray privately. You can pray verbally. You can pray silently. You can pray kneeling. You can pray standing. You can pray lying down. And you can even pray driving. So why should I pray? If you're taking notes, here's something to write down. Why should I pray? Simple answer. Because Jesus told me to. (laughs) I could stop right there. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to give up. Number two, Prayer is God's way, appointed way for obtaining things. Because I'm told over in James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. 
That's a very interesting passage. You have not because you ask not. Now, I'm not suggesting that whenever you pray, you'll always know the will of God, or whenever you pray, you'll always have more money than you need, or whenever you pray, you'll always be in perfect health because there are times when God will allow difficulties in our life to cause us to trust in Him all the more. But my point is, there are times when the reason we don't have what we need in life is simply because we have not asked the Lord about it. So we should pray. Okay, here's another one. Prayer is the way by which God helps us to overcome our anxiety and worry. Here's a good verse that every believer should memorize, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Uh, Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Prayer is the way, also, that we make ourselves ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Luke 21, 34, Jesus says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. He's referring to the day of the Lord. Watch therefore and pray always. So as you can see, prayer is not an option for a believer. If you want God to speak to you, if you want God to provide for you, if you want God to help you to not worry, if you want to be ready for the return of Jesus, you need to pray. But there are times when God does not answer our prayers in the way that we would like. We'll even say, God doesn't answer my prayers. Wait a second. No is as much of an answer as yes is. Why don't you just say you don't like the answer? Here's a way to look at it. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. So how can we have our prayers answered more often in the affirmative and hear more yeses instead of noes? Well, that brings us to Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read a few verses that give to us what we often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. This was an answer of Jesus to the request of his disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us a prayer, as in, Lord, teach us a killer prayer. You know, one to pull out in case of an emergency. The mega prayer. Though I don't think there's anything wrong with praying the Lord's Prayer verbatim. It's a beautiful prayer. And if it comes from your heart, it's a powerful prayer. But it wasn't just a prayer. It was a template for prayer. It's a model for prayer. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then, of course, he begins with the words, after this manner, therefore, you should pray. So he was saying, don't just pray this prayer, but follow this pattern in your prayer as well. Okay, so with that in mind, let's read Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
Now I want you to notice that before a word of personal petition is offered, I must consider who I am speaking to. It starts with our Father who art in heaven. Too often we cut to the chase. And by that I mean we go straight to the grocery list. Okay, Lord, here's what I need from you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. But it's not necessarily the first thing we should pray for. I begin my prayer with worship, adoration, and an acceptance of His will. By the way, when we worship, do you know what we're doing? We're praying. That's prayer. It's prayer set to song. That's all it is. It's prayer with melody. So I think to come in late when worship is going on, why would you want to do that? I mean, not to mention the fact that we have a killer worship band. I mean, that's kind of the understatement of the century. But more than that, more than that, because let's just say they were really lousy, okay? Still, they're leading us in prayer, but they happen to be really good. But the point is, they're leading us in prayer, set the song. So when we sing these songs, it, I'm praying. And then we bow our heads and we might bring petitions before the Lord and so forth. But the point is, is I'm contemplating the greatness of God. Have you ever noticed that when you see God in His power and His glory, you see your problems in a different way? Maybe you come into church burdened with things you're concerned about. They're real concerns. And you go out with those same problems, but your perspective changes. Because when you have a big God, you will see that you have small problems. But if you have big problems, do you have a small God? Maybe you need to see God for who He is. So Jesus says, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So just think of the awesomeness of God, the power of God. Well, if you've just joined us, we're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. He's investigating the power of prayer today. And let's hear now some great practical counsel on making our prayers more effective. And that brings me to principle number one. If you want your prayer answered in the affirmative, Pray according to the will of God. If you want your prayer answered in the affirmative, pray according to the will of God. Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Again, our Lord modeled this in Gethsemane. Remember when he said to the Father, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Yours be done. So he was saying, all right, Father, (laughs) as I contemplate the horrors of the cross and taking the sin of the world upon myself, uh, if there's any other way to do this, let's do that. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so it's a submission to the will of God. Listen, the primary objective of prayer is to line my will up with God's will. Prayer does not change God's mind. Prayer changes my mind. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's taking hold of His willingness. By my praying, I'm instructing myself more than Him. The objective of prayer is not getting my will in heaven. It's getting God's will on earth. You could illustrate it this way. Let's say you're in a little boat and you're trying to get to the dock so you take out your rope and you throw it and you pull yourself. Now, are you pulling the dock to your boat, or are you pulling your boat to the dock? 
We are pulling your boat to the dock. And that's our prayer is. I'm not grabbing hold of God saying, come on, God, just eat. No, I'm pulling myself toward him. The objective is to get in alignment with God's will. Because I'm told over in the book of 1 John 5, 14, here's the confidence I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we have the petitions desired of him. Listen, nothing lies outside of the reach of prayer except that which lies outside of the will of God. So what is God's will? Here's an amazing promise from Jesus. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Uh, here's an expanded translation from the Greek. Jesus speaking, if you maintain a living communion with me, and my words are at home with you, I command you to ask it once for yourself, whatever your heart desires, and it's yours. Now we hear a statement like that, and we think of a genie in a lamp. Yes, whatever I want. Yeah, whatever you want. God will give you carte blanche. Really? Yeah, whatever you want. Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But don't miss the first part. It's a conditional promise. What's the condition? Jesus says, if you maintain a living communion with me and my word is at home in you. Guess what? If I'm maintaining a living communion with God and his word is at home with me, I'm not gonna pray for stupid stuff. (laughs) I'm just not going to. I'm gonna start praying crazy prayers like, I want you glorified through this, Lord. Prayers like, I want your will even more than my will, though it may be more difficult, Lord. You see, you begin to understand that your Father knows better than you know. So start your prayers with an awareness of the awesomeness of God, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your objective is to get your will aligned with God. Number two, when I bring my petitions before God, this is something that I do after I've acknowledged the greatness of God. I mean, Jesus says, okay, now pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you find it an amazing thing that this all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent God who created the entire universe has an interest in you and me personally? But the Bible says he does. God's concerned with the things that concern me. Why would he care about my daily bread? I don't know. Job even asks, Job 7, 17, what is man that you make so much of him? Why do you give him so much attention? (laughs) Here's a simple answer. Why does God care? Because he loves you. Why does he love you? That's a good question. (laughs) But he does. He does. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, Jesus said, fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you know that God loves to give stuff to his children? Maybe an easier way to understand it is thinking of God as a grandfather instead of a father. Now I know it's addressed as father in heaven, but you know when your parents, you know, you're you're careful with your kids. I know we're not gonna give you that. No, you have to do your chores first. And you have to do this and you have to do that. When you ask a grandfather, yeah, I'll get it for you right now. Yes! <laughs> it's kind of our privilege as grandparents to spoil our grandchildren. See, the way we look at this as grandparents is this just our reward for putting up with you <laughs> as our children. And this is your punishment for all the things you did to us. <laughs> but there's just a, a love and a 
desire to just bless your kids. And I'm not saying parents don't have this. Clearly they do. But this is the picture. God loves to do these things for us. He's not reluctant to do it. In fact, Jesus said, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? If they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. And if you give good gifts to your children despite the fact that you're sinful people, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those that ask Him? You know, if your little toddler comes up, Mommy, I'm hungry. Can I have a piece of bread? Here's a rock. (laughs) Can I have an egg for breakfast? No, but here's a live venomous snake. You would never do that. Unless you were, I don't know who you would be to do that. But you wouldn't. So the Father loves to bless us. Here's another secret to answer prayers. This is really important. You must confess your personal sin. Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. This word sin could be translated trespasses, shortcomings, uh, things that we've done that are wrong. Notice this is something I should do on a regular basis. After this manner, therefore pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Guess what? You sin every day. Now maybe you'll look back in this day and say, I think you're wrong on that, Craig. I don't think I sinned today. You just sinned. It's called pride. No, but seriously, there are sins of commission and omission, right? A sin of commission is doing what you should not do. A sin of omission is not doing what you should do. So you might be priding yourself on the fact that you did not have a lustful thought today and you didn't lose your temper today and and you didn't scream at anybody today. But then at the same time, you were so proud of how well you did, you thought, I'm better than anybody around here. And in reality, that very arrogance is a sin. Or maybe the Lord led you to share your faith with someone and you flat out said no. Or God told you to pray about something and you said no. There's a lot of things that really our sins in our life. So the best thing to do is just every day say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Known and unknown. The Bible says in First John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or I've reached perfection. Dear friends, I'm still not all that I should be, but I'm focusing my energies on this one thing, forgetting what's behind me and looking forward to what lies ahead. If you don't see the need for regular repentance, then you are not really walking with God. Because I have found the greater the saint, the greater is the sense of sin in the awareness of sin within. And listen to this. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, your prayers aren't going anywhere. I mean, you can pray piously, you can pray loudly, you can pray impressively, but if you have a sin in your life you've not confessed before God, your prayer life's gonna come to a screeching halt. Because the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And the word regard means cling on to or hold on to. So maybe there's something in your life and the Lord's been saying to you, that's a sin and you need to stop. And you say, no, I'm not gonna stop. But I pray for this right now. Lord saying, uh, sorry, can't hear you. Now, technically, he hears you. 
but he's not gonna respond to that prayer because that's willful disobedience. So there needs to be that confession. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those that sin against me. Important insight today from Pastor Greg Laurie from his message, What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. Well, next time, Pastor Greg comes back to complete his insights on prayer from his Practical Essentials series. I do hope you can join us again right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. Now, if you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.